1: But the reality is... They don't know, man!
3: I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen, to
2: me,
1: I'm not an idiot.
2: What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by To The Top Dog. Here with your break from all the high resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Baker. Greetings and
0: salutations, fellas, Long weekend, but a good weekend. Just got done doing a little laundry. Ready to ready to chop it up. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. It, yeah, chopped
2: yeah. It it literally <laughs> chopped it Sweet. up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it literally. Cho- so Jason is trying the Wi-Fi experiment tonight, as opposed to Ethernet. But each of the Ethernet hasn't been working great, so he's going with the Wi-Fi. So if it is if it is a little choppy, that will explain. What's well, good. I don't know that he has a choice. It's going to be choppy mm-hmm. either way now. You're welcome. And the Wizard
1: the wizard of Whiskey, Shane Light. What's up, boys? Jamie and and uh, Jason sometimes. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I hate to even chime in because, you know, um, I had this long spell about how I was going to talk about it, laundry. But now I just I'm just going to keep it in my back pocket.
1: Well, it's perfectly fine now. I think it's going to be hit or miss. Uh, really, uh, you just got to like yell and be like, hey, Katie, Jack, quit streaming anything. I need all this bandwidth. Uh, the second Katie changes commercials, we lose you for hmm. 30 seconds. Well,
0: that's no bueno, especially since Jack's back there. I told him he had 30 minutes of TV time. So, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to be all over some Dino Dan and Pokemon, and that's going to be completely ruining my bandwidth.
2: so uh and we're 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 all back at our respective homes or home offices we're not at fourth street again this week unfortunately so back to the the normal grind of the to the top talk lore um we'll go ahead and get right into it with football this past weekend southern miss taking on coastal carolina now a few days before the i think when the game uh, when the line came out last weekend, I want to say we were like eleven point dogs, maybe. But uh, it was announced that Coastal's quarterback, their star quarterback, was going to be out for the next three games. So that line dropped tremendously. Uh, you know, this weekend it was uh, it was a valiant effort. You had to be proud of some of the ways that the Golden Eagles performed, but ultimately fell show, short to a more experienced Coastal Carolina team, falling twenty six to twenty three. That game actually aired on. National television on ESPNU. And I thought the the Golden Eagles overall, you know, of course, there's some things, some areas you want to improve on, but overall had had a really solid effort.
0: I agree, 1,000%. I mean, it couldn't have started off much worse. Um, And then the second quarter, you know, we kind of did what they did. So, and um, I don't know, man. I've told everybody I thought Coastal just played a little bit better than we did, and they won by a little bit. I mean, you know, in, in a nutshell, that's. We're just not quite there yet. I mean, I think everybody agrees that they're probably further along than we are. And the fact that we can hang with them compared to what we did last year is remarkable. Um, I, I don't believe everything that you hear on their C on social. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I just think we're getting there. And um, if these are the best teams that we're going to face. With like fifth year seniors starting a quarterback and stuff like that, and coaches that have been there for several years, I just can't help but think that we're on the right track, building towards something that's you know if we can almost compete with them right now, and we can compete, just maybe can't get over the hump that when we have the same advantages yeah, they do, you know.
2: And there were some but, mix up some mix up this week's on the on the O line. I mean, just looking at the the first thing that pops out to me on the stat that Trey Lowe was sacked six times. Um, so, you know, Trey had a, a, a pretty had a pretty solid game for Southern Miss quarterback standards in 2022, going 19 for 37 for 295 yards and a touchdown. But he was sacked six times. Uh, not only that, the, uh, the the running attack was only able to get 52 yards on the ground overall. So, um, you know, you, you hope that, uh, you know, that O-line can continue to jail and they'll continue to figure out, well, you know, who's going to end up going where.
1: Yeah, to take a step back and, and just talk about the the game overall in general, and you know, bump was saying you, we're not quite there yet, and we're not. I mean, you, you got to keep in mind, yeah, they're all everything. Quarterback was was out, but the the rest of that team was still there, and the backup was a very solid player. Uh, but that's a that's a nine and one team now. Uh, they're on the cusp of the top twenty five. Three of our Uh, losses at this point in the season have come to a team that is nine and one. Tulane is now eight and two and Liberty is now eight and two. Uh, And we beat one of those teams and now lost to the other one in four overtimes and the other one on the road by three points. So uh, as, as much as we're not there, man, it feels like we're getting dangerously close. And uh, then Trey Lowe comes in, gets his chance last night, love to see it. Uh, you know, kind of really wondered all season where Trey was because he he never really got a shot. And it was like, man, you know, is Trey falling off that bad? Is he in, is he in the doghouse? What's going on? Uh, because uh, he was the starter for half the season last season. Um, so you just kind of wondered where he was. Well, it, it was good to see him get a shot and then, uh, Jamie went over his stats, but I think the most important thing there was a zero in the turnover column, and that kept us in the game, because our defense took the ball away a couple of times, and the fact that he managed the game, made some big throws when he needed to make them, and did not turn the ball over, it gave us the chance to win.
0: Yeah, the quarterback position did not absolutely lose the game by any means, and man, so proud of Trey. Um, he had a good game. He wasn't flawless. Um but he made some throws that honestly, he's probably the only person on our team that can make those throws. He has some humongous misses, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I was proud of the way he looked and happy that he just stuck with it. I mean, they tried to get him to change positions, right? Um, I, he didn't sulk all year. Um, didn't go, didn't just go off on social or anything. Didn't portal up. So, I mean, props to Trey for for hanging in there, man, and, and showing up and giving us a shot.
1: If if there's one negative for the night for him, I, I would say the deep ball just wasn't there. And that you just said that, you know, he missed a few. Some of those were not necessarily wide open, but with the speed that Brownlee and Mims have, if you can just put it in their area, uh, there were a few long throws that, that he missed on that, that could have, You know, change the game, but woulda, shoulda, coulda, whatever. Again, uh, really solid, solid performance there. And would all indications, uh, you know, would be that he would start this next week after that performance. Uh, You never know what's going to happen, competition Tuesday. Some, you know, something may go down, but uh, for him to get another week of practice after being buried down the depth chart this year and and running with the ones is only going to help with that chemistry that you need for but what I saw is the one weak spot. Frank Gore Jr.
2: with, uh, let's see, passing, he was one for two for 18 yards, uh, rushing the ball 13 for 46 yards, and then receiving five for 90 yards. So, uh, you know, Frank Gore Jr. doing his all-purpose thing. Kenyon Clay had a couple of key carries on short-yarded situations. He was able to get a uh, uh, um, touchdown there, I believe, in the second half. And then – uh, Jason Brownlee, six receptions for 123 yards. Um, and then Ty Mims, five receptions for 57 yards and one touchdown reception. On the defensive side of the ball, you got uh, Chantrell Latham led the way with eight total tackles. Two of those were for a loss, and one of those was a sack. Um, one interception on the day by Jay Stanley as well, and then uh, LaCavius Daniel. So, um you know, decent night that they, they couldn't we couldn't quite uh, you know stop the um, Chanticleers on the ground you know they were able to get 170 yards rushing they had 191 yards through the air but they also threw two, two <coughs> interceptions we just uh, you know that second half we, we came back we got the lead we had up we're about three and then three rushing plays they took it all the way down the field and we uh, were able to put it in the end zone. So
1: how many of those total rushing yards came in that drive where it just kind of all fell apart for the defense. So the the D line looked confused every play. Like you could see them talking to each other and and trying to move around. And even on the extra point, they were still confused on that drive. Nobody knew what was going on. And it showed because the, uh, uh, coastal took three runs and, and made it into the end zone. So, I mean, there's 70 ish yards of rushing, from their 175 total that came in a drive that was just kind of a what the hell, because they, they ran all over us there in that first quarter. I mean, we looked, it, it looked like it was going to be a very long night. It, uh, it was like, Oh man, the Georgia state did what they did to us. And now this is starting off like this. This, you know, this doesn't look good. Uh, luckily we, we woke up there, but uh, that that's, uh, where I'm going is that we woke up and the defense for the rest of the game, except for that one drive, unfortunately, when Coastal Carolina really needed it because that was the drive that won the game for them. Uh, it, they they kind of did figure out the uh, the run game and, and stop them. And then they come back with that drive out of the blue and, and that one hurt. That, that was a, a stab to yeah, the Yeah, that gut.
0: was really weird that we could just completely stymie them. And then they – Go off, you know, because it looked like they they really had this this option thing in their game plan. That went nowhere the entire game. The Nasty Bunch shut that down the entire time.
1: Um, Well, that's a giant part of their uh, offense. That's they run that spread triple option RPO. That's Grayson McCall. So good at it. That's why they've, you know, won 30 games in the last three years. All right. Well, there we go. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I thought I was frozen. I was just gonna. Um, I was just gonna wait. Welcome out. back. <laughs> hey, so, hey,
0: hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey! I got something. Three. I got something. Sorry. Does anybody know why the hell Eric Scott got tossed?
1: No, they never showed it on TV. I don't
2: know. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. Of, I've heard rumors, but I haven't. seen Now, what does that
0: episode. mean for this weekend? Well,
2: also don't know. Um, but since we're recording on a Sunday instead of a Monday, I would imagine they would probably have some clarification on that during the first presser. I would hope.
1: But, yeah. Uh, I haven't heard anything he, just yet. He would miss no more. And I mean, unless something really serious happened and he, you know, warrants a, subs- a suspension from uh, the conference or something like that, uh, he should miss no more than the first half if it's treated like. Like a personal foul targeting ejection or something. If you get ejected in the the second half, then you have to sit out the first half mm-hmm. of the next game. Um, okay. So, uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, we definitely don't need to to lose him for long. He's he's a key piece back there. Oh, no, but yeah. And, and there's another thing I want to talk about before we move on from the football game is uh, I saw a video of it on Twitter earlier, but that hit where Gil hit their quarterback and just took him off his feet. Uh, do you guys remember mm-hmm. that play in the game? I mean, it yes. was a monster hit, but that's uh, just, I, I wanted to mention <laughs> that. <laughs> he, he destroyed that guy. He was probably looking for teeth after that play, but it was, you know, its it's hard to put a hit, especially on a quarterback in football in this day and age. It has to be an absolute form-perfect tackle for you to just be able to murder a quarterback like that and not get flagged for it. And he did it. It was, it was beautiful.
2: So the Golden Eagles now five and five on the season. And that also brings us to three and three in the Sunbelt conference. So that brings us to the next game this Saturday, November the 19th at two thirty PM taking on the South Alabama Jaguars. This game is senior day. So be sure to get there a little before 2.30 so you can uh, see all the all of the seniors recognized. And this game, it was announced this week, will be on national television. It will be on the NFL Network. That's right, this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. As of this recording, South Alabama is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, understandably so. Um, and this is a game where, you know, we owe them. They've beat us the past two times – that we've played in, you know, when we were really down, and uh, now we're gonna we're gonna meet again with former Golden Eagle Kane Womack leading the way for the Jaguars. So, what are your what are you guys' are you initial thoughts on the game? Uh, they're weekend? really good,
0: and I think it's gonna be a lot like the Troy game. I did find out that Webb, their leading rusher, uh, didn't play the entire second half, held out because of injury. He's averaging 94 yards a game, 13 TDs on the season. So that's a that's a stud. Um, so you know anybody, anytime you're losing that kind yeah. of guy, that can't be good. But yeah, the,
1: and I, 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 I believe he played at Jones. Did he? Okay. Mm-hmm. He did. Did why why is his name so familiar to me? Did he commit to Southern Miss at some point? Did he did he start his freshman year here and transfer? I feel like I know that name for some reason.
2: We recruited him, but I don't know if there's any Okay. I'm not aware if there's anything more than that.
0: And their defense is really good, but they're also reckless. Uh, they average over eighty penalty over eighty penalty yards per game. Mostly on the defensive side. That's a lot. You know, that's even more than like back in the hop days. Um and we remember, you know we'll take I mean, it. So yeah, I mean they play hard, they they, they, they push the limit and um, they're gonna get after us, um Quarterback's good, 255 a game. Bradley, 19 TDs, 7 picks, 64.4%. You know, kind of the thing that we're hopefully inching towards having. (laughs) But um, it's going to be tough. Uh, Can the defense keep us in it? Probably. Is the offense going to be enough? I don't know.
2: You're looking at their defense. I mean, right right now they're giving up, on average, they're giving up uh, 297.5 yards per game 210.9 through the air and 86.6 yards per game on the ground so if we're going to win this game we're going to have to do it It looks like we're going to have to do a good bit of it through the air
1: well i mean you feel a lot better about that with the game that trey low had last week um the, going into this game without that performance from him it's it's a much bigger question mark but uh if if he can build upon last week and and get a little bit more chemistry going with the wide receivers, there were a couple of passes that hit folks Mm -hmm. in the chest plate of the shoulder Mm -hmm. pads. And I mean, he's got a cannon. So if the guys didn't have their hands out to catch the ball, if they were going to try to bounce it off their shoulder pads and and catch it with their arms, that wasn't working. And I mean, there's a couple of uh, big throws in those drops there too, that, that, uh, could have affected the game, so we'll we'll see. I, I I like I like how we looked against the team we played. I hope it carries over to this coming week.
2: So it's the last game at the it's the last home game at the Rock this year. Yeah, you know, last home game at the Rock, last chance to see these Golden Eagles in the Hub City. Of course, you can go the following week up to Louisiana, and hopefully, we can get at least one out of these last two and make it to a bowl game.
1: Now, if you end up going to the Louisiana-Monroe game, stop into Hibbet Sports and ask for my brother Tyler. <laughs> He's a sellout. I tried to get him to go to Southern Miss, and he went to Mississippi State instead, so you can either slap him or buy something from him, whatever you want to do.
0: As of right now, the uh, yeah, weather is looking pretty decent. High of 55, low of 40.
2: Yeah. It's not showing
1: any, any rain and with as, a, as of
0: uh, I believe it's a 2.30 start.
1: There you go. If it's going to be a chilly day, you, you want it when the mm-hmm. sun's out. Absolutely. So Hopefully it doesn't – well, I mean, I won't be there, and it won't rain. And I did stay away from uh, Conway this past weekend, and the rain moved through <laughs> a day early. So uh, we didn't Almost win the game, it. but at least everybody didn't get wet in the process.
2: <laughs> so if you're in the vicinity, you can make it. Be sure to come out. Be sure to uh, you know put on a sweatshirt or a jacket. 2:30 p.m. this Saturday, November 19th, at the Rock. If you can't make it, of course, you can catch the game on the NFL Network. Um, that is not an ESPN affiliate; that is a standalone of the NFL as well. So, whether your satellite, cable, or streaming provider has that, I'm not 100% on that. Mine does, but um, you know, look into that and do the research there. But we'd love to have you in Hattiesburg at the Rock. All right. So on a on a positive note, uh, we got to talk Southern hey, Miss. Hey. Southern Miss starting out the season 2-0 and uh, right out of the gate. Jason, you want to talk first about the – let's talk about that William Carey yeah. game last Monday.
0: You know, and for all of having to – you guys having to put up with me trying to find a bright spot uh, through a 1-17 conference season last year, um, starting off the year 2-0, and especially uh, with wins over Carey and Vandy, that's awesome. Um, so the Vandy game, number one, uh, atmosphere was great. Uh, there's more people there than I thought. The band, they brought, like, four times the size of the normal pep band. The whole Dixie Darling crew was there. Um, it was great. Carrie brought a bunch of people. It was it was a very cool atmosphere, I thought. Um, and it was close for a while. You could tell that Southern Miss was a lot better than we were last year. I've been telling people that. Although, we were only winning by five points at halftime, 27 to 22. Um... And then in the second half we scored forty-eight points just in the you know, the, the onslaught was on um for a seventy-five to forty-two victory, but Sutter misplayed everybody on the team. Um, surprise of the game for me was probably Denaje Harris, fourteen points in fourteen minutes, six of seven from the field. Uh if, if you can have somebody like Denaje coming in defensively and then actually adding something offensively for the rest of the year, that's 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 a plus. Um, Crawley, who I think is probably the best player on the team, uh, led their way for sudden miss with 15 points in just 26 minutes. Uh, we didn't shoot the three as good. I've been telling people we were, we're good at shooting the three pointer, and I still believe that. Um, but we ended the game just three for 15 from behind the arc. Uh, but the big difference in this one, um, outside of just talent level, honestly, was, was the 30 turnovers, man. 30 turnovers. That led to act, to 30 points. And we won the game by 33. Uh, hopefully that remains a trend, uh, moving forward throughout the year. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, U.S., uh, Sutter Miss alumni, um, Coach Knight over there, his team put up a fight, uh, but, you know, just for outman, but he's a classy coach, classy person, um, classy program, really. And they we're just outmanned. Uh, so anyway, good way to start off the year though. Hey, look, we've lost to him twice. So it's not like it can't happen,
2: but we've only had one coach them. Um, I, I want I want to just reiterate that, you mentioned the <laughs> you you mentioned the three in the first half we were zero from nine for three and in the second half we heated up a little bit going three for six, so um, you know hopefully they can they can find their shot as the season goes along, but where I, I kind of feel like the uh, the team um really kind of the difference between this team this year and in years past has been the defense um. You know, in that William Carey game, you got 15 steals, you had a block, um, but but then Friday night, the defense really, really I thought was strong against uh, you know a highly favored Vanderbilt. Look, a,
0: team. a lot of these games, when you guys go check them out in person, it's kind of rel- it's going to remind you a lot of the Tyndall teams. I'm not saying we're going to win 27 and 29 in the next two years, but it really does. We, we've got outstanding point guard play. Probably need one more. To get in there, um, with this, this little matchup zone, um, just outside of just strictly playing man all the time. It's just fun to watch, you know. Hands and arms getting passing lanes a lot. And once they tip it, we're gone. And we're running. We're doing the kind of stuff that Ladner has wanted to do since he got here. Just frankly didn't have the personnel to do it. So, yeah, the Friday night game. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, pretty much led throughout the entire game. Uh, there was only two lead changes. All night long. Felipe Hase, where you're going to get used to hearing that name. He had four three-pointers for 14 points, four assists, one block, one steal, four rebounds. Crawley, get used to that name. 13.7 rebounds, four assists, three steals. Pink, very efficient night. 11 points, 11 rebounds, (laughs) double-double. And Neftali Alvarez, uh, he is so important. Like I was looking at his stat line because you guys are probably watching the game and He's all over the court. He does so many things. He makes these incredible passes. He's the spark plug that makes it all go. And his stat line just doesn't, drip, you know, jump out at all. Um, four rebounds, six points, four steals. Um, and 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 he had some some throws that ended up as turnovers, but that is going to come as this team gels. Uh, you know, he he just he sees the court better than any point guard that I can remember. Sutter miss having, um, and. You know, a lot of these passes that the guy's just not looking for. Um, I think that it, that's that's just gonna that's gonna work itself out. So ended up winning the game by twelve points. Probably could have won the damn thing by thirty points. Uh, we were that much better of the team. And people keep telling me like, well, you know, Vandy didn't make any threes. We didn't either. <laughs> you know? Um,
2: no, yeah. we only. Yeah, I say like you said, I, we only made five threes. I yeah, we, we were four.
0: five of twenty-four. They were three of twenty-five. So don't give me this. We didn't make. They didn't make the three crap. Um, we're just better. Um, it's really weird that we have zero freshmen and Vanderbilt has seven freshmen, but I think that's how Jay's going to treat it. He's mentioned before that it's going to be kind of like when he was in junior college at Jones, um, just recruiting guys on a, on a two-year basis and using that portal like crazy. So I don't know if it's sustainable or not, but I know this year is going to be fun as hell, and I can't wait.
2: So Southern Miss won in the game 60-48. to 48. Now, in this game, the, the Commodores were 16-and-a-half-point favorites, also, the under in this game was 135, so only 108 points this game. The Golden Eagles certainly delivered when it comes to, uh, you know, their their defensive performance, like we were saying earlier. Southern Miss is now two and one versus Vanderbilt all the time. This is the first victory over the Commodores since a 95-84 win on March the 21st, 1987, during the NIT championship run. So. You know, Southeastern Conference win is arguably the best, the biggest win of the uh, Ladner era, especially being 16 and a half point underdogs. That's
1: really, really strong. Did you
0: hear the. uh, Yeah, no doubt. Did you hear the Stackhouse quote? I don't know. I don't know that I did. um, Something along the lines of, uh, we really, he thought they would be further along and they really shouldn't have lost to a team like that. That's what we are. We're we're a team like that. If he means like a team that's I don't know better than they are, then I'll take it.
2: We beat them on that night, so you know you can't you can't you can't change that around. Uh, yeah. So Southern Miss. Back at home this Monday night when you're – so some of you probably are going to be listening. It will be tonight, but as we're recording, it's tomorrow night. That's Monday, November the 14th versus – okay, now I have a question here. Loyola, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This game is on ESPN+. Plus. John Cox says Loyola. So is it Loyola or Loyola? John Cox also says Tulane. And <laughs> U.A. Bay. U.A. Bay. I,
0: I, I so I'm saying Loyola
2: – uh,
1: I'm saying Loyola. Yeah, I'm saying Loyola, too. Uh, so th- this that brings me to another thing about this. This is uh, Loyola's uh, NAI mm-hmm. game, right? I mean, they're an national, NAI team. Na- national William Carey's an NAI team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, they were good, very strong last year. Carey's usually a very strong NAI program. As far as the end, and, and look, I'm not getting ahead of ourselves and saying that we're going to make the NCAA tournament this week. But as far as the NCAA tournament is convent, or concerned, those wins don't count towards our official record at the end of the year. Is that correct?
2: That's my understanding is the wins don't count, but the losses do. So I could be I, wrong on that.
1: I'm not saying that we need to stop playing these games, but we need to do with them what they are and play exhibition games with these teams. It bothers me to say that we're two and Oh, and one of those wins doesn't officially count. I I agree with that
2: at the same time. I I think given our turnout, it's very difficult to schedule opponents at home. So, um, I think they kind of do what they can just to fill out a schedule. Um, you know, but yeah, and, and this 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 Loyola team, <laughs> this Loyola team, I mean, the game got canceled last year. And and thank goodness, because they were a very, very strong team last year. I don't know what they look like this season, but, um, you know, they they could have come out of Hattiesburg with a victory last year. Oh, for sure.
1: Ladner's son still plays on the team, too. Yeah, yeah. Remember,
0: you remember yeah, I mentioned geez. that uh, the basketball guys from Loyola were at the two lane game sitting right in front of us. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Forgot about that.
2: So after the game this Monday, the Golden Eagles go on the road to the Fighting Gemstones of Liberty. That's November 18th, this Friday. Praise be to He. Praise be to He at 8 p.m. We're also playing them in baseball as well. And then next. Tuesday, November the 22nd. uh, Southern Miss heading down to Cancun, Mexico, um, in a little tournament there taking on Winthrop. So there you have it for the the next week in Southern
1: Miss basketball. Um, Golf gets to play in the Bahamas. Basketball team's going to Cancun. There's some nice little perks for being a D1 athlete. Let's touch on this really quick. The Southern Miss baseball schedule, the 2023
2: baseball schedule, came out. Um, you know, really, really strong schedule, it looks like, for the Golden Eagles. I mean, you've got home series uh, against Liberty, Illinois, Dallas Baptist, uh, Valpo. Um, then you get into Sunbelt play. Um, you've also got midweek games against, let's see, New Orleans, UNO, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, Southeastern Louisiana, um, Alabama, Louisiana Tech. Lane. So you've got a really, really, and then you factor in the Sun Belt schedule. Um, you've got the Raging Cages at home. You've got South Alabama at home. You've got Arkansas State at home. Um, that, that's a really, really strong home schedule for the Golden Eagles. Might be one of the strongest we've had in quite some time.
1: Yeah, you think they? I mean, especially after a super regional season, and they they shattered the season ticket record before. Yeah, I, I think they'll uh, they'll blow it on out this year too.
0: Schedule strong, man, super That's, strong. It's gonna be a lot of a uh, lot of lot of fun nights at the beat, But uh, you know, it's, it's gonna be one of those years where if 40 wins happens. I mean, 40 wins is gonna be tough. And if it does happen, then um, you know, hopefully that that'll lead to a super high RPI and strength of schedule. That's why you do it, right? So hopefully it turns out that way. But lots of good reports coming out of the baseball uh practice in the fall world series.
1: Yeah. Most definitely. Some some fun new names to keep in an high. And, eye and, and on. more and Our more arms. arms.
0: You know, like people were talking about the arms that we lost, yeah. just like the year before with with Stanley and um Oh God. Who did we lose that year? Is so Stanley and Powell? Stanley and Powell left, and we were like, how the hell are we going to replace them? And then we did like better than we ever have. In fact, our midweek guy, Hall, ended up being like the ace on the frickin' uh, American uh, USA team. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, a guy yeah. like Nico Matza is going to just probably go off this year. Um, we remember, what a fun yeah, we name. We remember too. Matt Adams, um, coming in some. He's sitting in the mid nineties right now. And then other names that I'm just now figuring out who they are. Uh, and I saw Aaron, Hit, Aaron Fitt was on campus for D1 Baseball scouting them, and he was putting out the stats that he got on his radar gun and several guys sitting in that mid-90s area. So, you know, I don't know how the hell we're doing it, but we'll just keep reloading with these arms. And um, and we've gotten more athletic. We're going to be more athletic in the outfield than we've been in quite some time. Still got guys like Danny Lynch, you know, Ewing, um, we're stacked we're stacked yet again so hopefully hopefully that, that that is so fun sitting down the roost and watching these guys kick ass I, I, at some point we're gonna have a bad year it, I can't really imagine it happening but man ride that wave as long as we can
1: yeah it's at this point uh the baseball programs turned into a monster that feeds itself because Uh, You're getting these awesome arms in uh, with one of the best, if not the best college pitching coach in the country uh, on the staff. Those guys have monster years and the pitching staff gets recognized as one of the top pitching staffs in the country. And then you lose, you know, a chunk of those guys to the pros as, as you want to when, when their careers here are over and then you reload with guys that have that level of talent too. And, And that's, the point that Scott Barry has gotten this baseball program to, where uh, hopefully you know moving forward, super regionals are on the reg, and uh, the the rare thing is making our our trip to Omaha, which would be nice if that wasn't rare, but that's incredibly hard to do. So, uh, where the the program's continuously taking steps up, and and it's exciting to see what the future can hold with the level that that they're playing at and recruiting at at this point.
2: All right, Shane, do you
1: have any updates from the past week? Oh, man, not only do I have updates from the past week, but <laughs> since I slacked back to the week before, I've got some updates from two weeks. And it's also, uh, it was fall signing period, fall, fall, Mr. Hosey fall. Uh, so I've got uh, hopefully everybody that's signed to be a Golden Eagle uh, listed here at the end too. So sit back. Relax. Uh, you know, put your <clears throat> house slippers on. Start a fire in the fireplace. If you don't have a fireplace, don't start a fire. Uh, I'm not recommending that at all. But uh, you, you're going to listen to me for a bit. You you got a break last week, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to take this time to talk to the microphone and, and uh, just don't turn me off. <laughs> so, Women's basketball was also in action last week. Started this, the same way that the men did uh, with a match against uh, – it's funny. I, I was just going on my rant about how I don't think we should play these as as anything but exhibition games because they don't count. But then uh, I refer to them as Crosstown rival William Carey. Uh, but that's, that's really what it is. I mean, it, it's always fun games. Carey – brings their fan base from across town too and it's a it's a good atmosphere for an early season game but lady has got an 81 to 58 win over william Carey, really due to a monster second half performance from dom davis she had 25 over 36 points in the second half uh, also collected eight rebounds in that game Uh, she was not alone there were some other good performances as well Uh, Asia Broughton had nine points and 15 rebounds, and Lonnie Cornfield scored 13 and added seven assists. So a good start to the season there with the ladies. Uh, Similar to the men, it was close at halftime, and and they kind of blew it open in the second half. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the the gentlemen continued their success uh, at at Vanderbilt. The ladies were not able to hang on for a win in Valparaiso, Indiana, as they faced Vanderbilt. Uh, uh, they fell 65-72 in that contest. They were up 27-26 at the half, but were really unable to overcome Valpo's hot shooting and, and pull out a win here. Dom Davis led all scorers with 26 points. Uh, I feel like we're going to hear that a lot this season. I mean, she's just an absolute monster uh, and it is very fun to watch her play. Uh, Asia Leak earned her first career double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds next up for the lady eagles on the hardwood you've got wednesday november 16th at ole miss that is at six o'clock and can be watched on sec network plus Plus. and then on friday the 18th that is first north alabama in reed green coliseum at six o'clock cross country competed in the ncaa south regionals on friday november the 11th in huntsville alabama they walked away with an eighth-place finish out of 32 teams, setting the best mark in program history with that. Isabella Ross etched her name atop the record book, setting a new school record for the 6,000-meter. Uh, previous record stood for one new year's portion for So that earned both of them uh, being named to the all-region team. Also, Coach Nick Gibson was named Sunbelt Conference Coach of the Year in cross-country. Uh, Congratulations to him. Uh, Lady Eagles, they're racking up hardware uh, for the trophy case left and right. Uh, Next up for cross country is the NCAA championships. That is Saturday, November the 19th in Stillwater, Oklahoma soccer ended their season on the pitch with a 0 to 1 loss to Georgia State that was Monday October the 31st in the Sunbelt Conference Championships in Foley, Alabama that ended the Lady Eagles season at a almost unbelievable 2 uh, 10 and 4 2 5 and 3 in Sunbelt Conference after the previous 2 years uh, and and how they ended and, and the runs they made to to really fall flat this season like that was was surprising so hopefully the coach mo and and uh his his staff can figure out what happened and get us turned around for next year because uh soccer is a lot of fun when the teams are good men's tennis competed at the ccb collegiate invitational friday the november the 4th through sunday november the 6th that was in birmingham alabama and was hosted by the crimson tide taragas Ignataka or Igniteok, uh made the championship round in the Hound's Tooth singles draw. He scored w- wins over players from Birmingham Southern, UAB and South Alabama before falling to a player from Belmont in the finals. Shamaril Sh- Shamiril- Sherrill collected wins uh, in singles play over UAB and Sanford while Powin Giradaji, Defeated a player from the University of Louisiana located in the city of Lafayette. <laughs> Not the University of Louisiana Lafayette, but the University of Louisiana in in the town Lafayette. Uh, that will end the fall exhibition season for the men's tennis team. They will start play again in January. Women's <laughs> tennis. Uh, ladies were at the Ragin' Cajun in Fall Invitational Friday, November the 4th, Saturday, November the 5th. Both tu- doubles teams made it to the semifinals with the pair uh, with the pair of Suhana Doss and Clara Tartavel, defeating a team from Louisiana Monroe, while Hannah Chambers and Madison Ricardo. One over a team from the University of New Orleans. So Doss and Claire Tardivel also defeated players from Louisiana in singles play, while Madison Ricardo, best of player from McNeese and New Orleans, ladies will also be back in action for their competitive spring season after ending exhibition play. Volleyball uh, Thursday, November the third, ladies fell in four sets to Louisiana in Lafayette, one to three, but bounced back on Friday to take. Uh, Three sets to two. And then this past weekend, the ladies also split with Old Dominion up in Norfolk, Virginia, winning three to two on Thursday, November the 10th, and then turning around and falling one to three on Friday, the 11th. Next up for the Lady Eagle Volleyball team is the Sunbelt Tournament in Foley, Alabama. That starts Wednesday the 16th and runs until Sunday, November the 20th. As the four seed in the West, the Eagles are set to face the fifth seed, Georgia Southern, from the East. And that will be Thursday at 2.30. You can watch that on ESPN+. Plus. If the ladies are victorious in that match, they will move on to face James Madison, who is the number one seed in the East, and that would be Friday the 18th at 2.30. Beach volleyball, uh, some things going on there. They were scheduled to play in the Tulane Exhibition down in New Orleans, but that was canceled due to weather. But Kelly Garraway and Taylor Pierce were able to take part in the USA Volleyball Collegiate Beach Championships out in Huntington Beach, California, on Saturday the 12th. Uh, Really good experience for them to go back out and make another trip to California and play against some of the best collegiate volleyball competition there is that will only strengthen them for Sunbelt Conference play. Uh, More exhibition play is slated for the Southern Miss Beach Volleyball Courts Saturday the 19th and Sunday the 20th at the Southern Miss Exhibitions. Uh, Men's golf. Ryan Dupuis was named Sunbelt Conference Men's Golfer of the Week on Friday the 11th. This was after earning one of six spots on the AmateurGolf.com Golfer of the Month list earlier uh, in the month. Now, that wraps up all the uh, the action as far as fields and pitches and courts. We'll uh, run quickly through the list of signees from this fall signing period. Baseball signed infielder Gabe Brodus from Mobile, Alabama outfielder Ty Durham, Bentonville, Arkansas, right-handed pitcher McCarty English from Ocean Springs, Mississippi, infielder Charlie Keller from Mobile, Alabama, right-handed pitcher Peyton Lacey from Pasch Christiane, Mississippi, right-handed pitcher Landon Payne from Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and lastly, right-handed pitcher Sawyer Tony from Tampa, Florida. Uh, Also signing seven players and playing a sport that is on a diamond uh, would be Coach Natalie Poole's first class. She brought in seven signees as well. Two JUCO transfers transfers from Jones College. First base player Lauren L.L. Lindsey from Mobile, Alabama, and right-handed pitcher Holly Kraft from Raleigh, Mississippi. Uh, Also along with those two were five high school players. You've got catcher third base, uh Casey Orrin Bennett from Live Oak High School in Watson, Louisiana. Uh, pitcher Gigi Solis from Glenda Dawson High School in Pearland, Texas. Pitcher Brooklyn White from Central Arkansas Christian School in Maumel, Arkansas. Outfielder Ainsley or Ansley, excuse me, Ansley High from Cass High School in Cartersville, Georgia and infield utility player Emily Chandler from Strong Rock Christian School in Grove, Georgia. Women's basketball signed two guards, Morgan Sieper from Tampa, Florida, and L. Blatchford from Canton, Georgia. Uh, track signed three athletes. We have one cross-country runner and Bren Kelso from Vanderbilt Catholic High School in Homa, Louisiana. And then we've got gracious Ushi, what a killer name that dude has gracious ushy if if i'm gonna ever change my names to something that may be it i love it 100 meter 200 meters uh this man is from nigeria and then javel fullerton is a 400 meter hurdles runner from kingston jamaica Jamie, you're just yawning. Uh, your, your hand went up in the camera. I didn't know if you wanted to chime in or what. Um, I, I, you're doing great. Okay. well, We're almost there, folks. We're he was to just being gracious. Soccer, si- yeah, soccer signed three players. Abby uh, Batarek, uh, a middle forward player from Gulfport High School. Madeline Ellis, uh keeper from Magnolia. Texas, and Layla Johnson, uh, def- uh, defender mid from Gulfport High School. Volleyball signed two, Tori Koch, I guess is how you're going to say that, T-K-A-C-H. Um, she's uh, middle from Oxford High School in Oxford, Mississippi. And then Maggie Sewell, uh, middle from St. Uh, Andrews Episcopal School in Jackson, Mississippi. Golf signed three uh, graduate transfer Leonardo Bono from Switzerland. Yeah, we'll we'll try his uh, his last name later. Uh, well, we we've got some time to practice that. Uh, from Bangkok, Thailand, and then Matthew Downing from Oxford, Mississippi. Women's golf signed one player. Uh Raghani Navit from New Delhi, India. So that covers all of the brand-new Golden Eagles. Do you guys have any shout-outs this week?
0: You know, I, I had very few shout-outs until I just tweeted that out uh, a minute ago, and a few people hit me up. So I got a few more, but I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Renfro, Chuck Wallace, uh, Aaron Hall all made the trip uh, to Coastal this weekend. with the. It was a Circle of Champions uh, group thing. Looked like they had an absolute blast over there. Great Golden Eagles. Um, uh, good for them. It, it looked like a fun time. Um, shout out to the band, the Dixie Darlings, and the fans that came out to read green. I mentioned that earlier for the Kerry game, but it was super cool. Um, uh, and, and shout out to Steve Knight, uh, hell of a coach. And uh, glad that, that, that uh, he is an alumni of Southern Miss. Um, shout out to this weekend, man, 2:30 kickoff on Saturday, 1230 Eagle walk, all hands on deck. Need everybody there. Um, Mallory Evans, she sits right behind us, Jamie. Um, she has hit me up on Twitter, um, a moment ago after I asked, uh, if anybody wanted to get a shout out. So she gets one. We'll see you at the rock on Saturday. Mal, um, the USM super squirrels hit us up. Uh, they're a great follow on Twitter. Squirrels are really cool. Um, my dog's a big fan, I think, or he hates them. Not positive, but always gets a kick out of squirrels. And the last shout out uh, coming from the Twitter sphere is to Aaron Hall's shorts. Looking good over there in Conway, my man. Magnum PI would be proud. So, shout out.
1: <laughs> um, I've got uh, a couple this week. <coughs> uh, couple really that i left off last week uh, just in in the haze of the weekend but uh, shout out to rick zachary uh rick zachary rick zachary zach zach's a good dude known, known rick for a long time but rick hooked me up with a, a parking pass for my dad and and surprised my little sister who, who came down wow. to the game so i uh, appreciate that rick uh and then Renfro uh, hooked hooked me up with a parking pass last week. But I also got a text message from Renfro uh, Saturday right before the game uh, with – Jamie's done this to me before from Boca with my aunt, uh, with my Aunt May, who is Swayze Bozeman's grandmother. So uh, I just get a picture of Aunt May and Brian Renfro uh, together taking a selfie at the game. And I'm like, well, uh, what's up, man? And tell Aunt May I'm sorry I couldn't make the game. So – uh, she is a lot of fun. I love that woman to death. Anybody that has had the pleasure of hanging out with her surely enjoyed themselves. So shout out to May too. Um, she's an awesome lady.
2: Okay, I want to give a shout out to Trey Lowe, man. Everything yeah. he's gone through and, uh, everything that, you know, how, how he's come up, big came up big this week. I mean, it wouldn't have win, but I mean, he really had a strong performance. Um, really good to see him showing out really good kid. And, um, Excited to see what these next couple you, of games are. Uh, did you guys
0: see the tweet that he uh, put out? I think today. Yeah. yeah. And just leader yeah, type tweet. And just like we said earlier, man, a guy who didn't hang his head. And, you know, kept working hard, man, got his shot and did well. You know, a lot like Big, Big Wang Lang did earlier this year. Uh, but this was for an entire game. So if your number gets called, step the hell up, just like Trey did, you know, and make it happen.
2: We'll, we'll read it. We'll read it so there's some context. So, this is from Trey Lowe uh, earlier today. That's Sunday, November the 13th. Last night's game was a tough loss, but we fought to the end. I appreciate the support from our Golden Eagle family. The fan base we've been able to garner this season has undoubtedly contributed to our success as a team. Let's keep it going for senior night SMTTT. So, that is going to be this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Southern Miss hosting South Alabama Saturday, November nineteenth, two thirty p.m. If they can't make it to the Rock, it will be on the NFL Network. We owe these guys. It's time. Um, you know they're going to want to come in here and get a win as well. So hopefully we're we're up to the task. And then also tomorrow, head out to Regreen Coliseum. Southern Miss hosting Loyola. Uh, that's Monday, November the 14th, 2022. That game will be on ESPN+. Plus. It is at 7 p.m. as yeah. well.
1: Uh, baseball broke the South Alabama curse for us uh, this this past spring. So I've, I feel good about this weekend. Uh, I would have felt a little worse about it had the curse still been going. But now that that, that weight's been lifted off our shoulders, that monkey's off our back, we're going in. Uh, we didn't get to do it at home last weekend, so we're getting bowl eligible this
0: And summer. Trey Lowe, remember, uh, Trey, Trey Lowe didn't no. have the best game last year opening up at South Alabama. He's got a little something to prove, too, right? Hey, if you come yeah. to the basketball game, hit me up, man. Me and the fan will be there in Section G. So come on down. Get rowdy. It's going to be fun.
2: If you like to throw stuff, it's a great mm-hmm. place. If um, you have any Pokemon, color books. Alright guys Well hey Hope you guys enjoyed it And as always Southern Miss to the top
3: Talk I could play For Alabama USC Or Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all shame I was born Here in Hattiesburg Never ventured Far away When it comes To playing football Here in Eagle Heaven Is where I'm gonna stay I could play For North Carolina Ohio State RLSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you